here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. Come on now. Hey, listen, listen. Um, this this offseason, I've, I've been pissed off all offseason. I've been very, very angry. I've been at peace, but I've been mad at the same time, if that makes sense. And so I got um, I had a lot of people down me this offseason, and um, I, I still, I'm still keeping it going. I'm thankful to be here, but that, that burning desire you're talking about, yeah, it's, it's, it's on 100 right now. All right, new Raiders linebacker K.J. Wright right there. Uh, that should fire people up for week one, Marcus, right? Like, that gets me pumped up, K.J. Wright. He, I mean, he's a guy across the USA Today network doing shows. Like, he's a guy I've brought mm-hmm. up 100 times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, man, K.J. Wright is still out there. What teams are going to end up with? Well, we now know it's the Raiders. How do you feel about that? I think it just made too much sense, right? He knows Gus Bradley's defense. He's a vet. He didn't need a lot of practice time. He didn't need training camp. So I think this works out really well. And what do you know? The Raiders now have an open spot for him in their starting lineup. So, <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, it's been part of a really fascinating week with the Raiders where they make a few surprising cuts and also some notable signings. Now, I think K.J. Wright is uh, the biggest one. They also mm-hmm. added... Uh, a veteran running back in Peyton Barber, who is a guy that uh, I, I just forgot all about this player, Marcus. Forgot he even existed. Uh, but he, he's, on, he's now on the team with uh, Jalen Richard being on the IR. Uh, mm-hmm. Peyton Barber, probably not on the team for long, but we can get to that. And then Jermaine Illuminor, who uh, I know a little bit about Illuminor. Offensive tackle, came up with the Patriots. Yep. Uh, I guess he's probably, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, probably a little bit of backup behind Leatherwood yes. uh, if, if yep. he struggles at all. But I, I don't want to see a Luminor in the game for the Raiders. That's 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 not a good sign if a Luminor's <laughs> playing, Marcus. Sam Young, there's backup swing tackle, retired a couple of days into training camp. Brandon Parker has been kind of a whiff. So they needed somebody else, so this one makes sense. Yeah, you know, just not quite as sexy as the K.J. Wright signing, right? And how much do you think Wright could make an impact right off the bat, Marcus? I mean, pretty big because he was really, really good last year. And I would argue of all the linebackers the Raiders had, K.J. Wright was certainly better than any of those guys. And that includes Corey Littleton and Nick Kowski. So this is still a really, really good player that can play multiple positions, that can cover, that can rush the passer. I think with him, Littleton, Kikowski, and Nicholas Morrow, who will eventually come back, it's a pretty nice linebacker court. Certainly not one of the worst in the league, which we've seen from the Raiders is – Certainly common over there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And now let's get into some of the notable releases now over the last week. And let's stay with the <laughs> linebacker core. I mean, we got to talk about this. It just happened earlier today. We're, we're talking on Labor Day here. Uh, Tanner Muse, linebacker. Reportedly, the Raiders are parting ways with him. It's got to be true because the Raiders put out a tweet for his birthday. It's his birthday. <laughs> and the Raiders put out a tweet saying, happy birthday, Tanner Muse. Oh, I'm boy. sure, Marcus, it was one of those social cards that are pre-made and queued up yes. already. Yep. Uh, but they released Tanner Muse or the news breaks that they're releasing him. They give him the uh, shout-out on Twitter, the happy birthday shout-out. That tweet has now been taken down. So it seems like Tanner Muse is gone. So uh, another one of Mayock's prized 2023rd round picks uh, out the door. We're left with Brian Edwards. So uh, so, that's a strange one. I did not see that. Tanner Muse (laughs) doesn't play a meaningful snap for the Raiders in his career. Not only has he not played a meaningful snap, he never even played a snap. <laughs> True. So, that, there you uh, go. Ryan, I'm not shocked that a guy that couldn't even start at Clemson at safety <laughs> couldn't make the transition in, in, to linebacker and play in the NFL. Uh, it's, it's not a big surprise. But 
it sounds like at least the Raiders still like Tanner Muse. They feel like because he hasn't played a lot over the last two years, that he can make it back to the practice squad and they could pull him back up if they need him on special teams. But that's all dependent on if he makes it through waivers or not. We shall see about that in the next couple of days. You know, another player that got cut, I think we could maybe see it coming, Carl Joseph. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that when he signed back in the spring, we talked about him, Marcus. I thought he was going to be a lock to make the team. I, I didn't think Carl so Joseph I. would be on yeah. the bubble. Uh, so that was a surprising one. Carl Joseph getting cut. He ends up on the Steelers practice squad, which is another, which is an odd place for him to be. Yeah, what's really interesting is before he got hurt in 2019, he was playing the best football of his career. I mean, he was unbelievable in 2019. He had an interception against Phillip Rivers, got hurt. The Raiders decided not to bring him back. He goes to Cleveland. He doesn't do a lot for the Browns. He comes back to the Raiders. He's playing in the final preseason game, and John Gruden says, well, we have to have somebody out there playing. Should have had an idea when Joseph was playing late into the fourth quarter of that last preseason game that his roster spot wasn't secure. I, I'm, I'm not sure, Ryan. I, I still think he's talented. Is it because he doesn't have a lot of size? Is it because they like guys better on special teams? I'm not sure, but Carl Joseph's career with the Raiders is certainly an interesting one. Yeah, playing into that preseason game, Marcus, as you said, when half the team was back at the team headquarters, the rest of them are at the preseason game. Another guy we talked about last week, John Brown, a veteran receiver that they brought in initially, I thought, to kind of help fill that void left by Nelson Aguilar. Uh, But obviously, John Brown, not that guy. I think he basically, you could say he got beat out by Zay Jones, right, for for that Mm. spot. Uh, And now you're left with Brian Edwards. I think a guy we're all really high on, but he's got 11 catches in his career. So we got to see it. Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Jones, and Willie Sneed. And I was doing some math, Marcus, which is uh, as people who probably listen to the show weekly know, it's not a good thing when I do math. But I dialed up the catches last year for Edwards, Ruggs, Renfro, and Jones. They were all Raiders last year. So I'm leaving out <laughs> Willie Sneed. He was with the Ravens. They caught 107 <laughs> balls. The same yeah. as Darren Waller. So, yeah. I mean, Waller almost outproduced all four of those guys combined. They actually had more yardage than Darren Waller. That's it. Waller beat him and catch or tied him in catches and had nine touchdowns. So they're six combined. So I, I still, this is the, part of the team that I'm most worried about like can you survive like that without guys just making a massive jump Edwards or Ruggs they have to make a jump because if not I don't know if you can survive I mean they're going to be players in the league that have better stats than I just read off for those four combined last year so I'm still a little nervous with the wide receiver crew can, can I give some optimism for the Raiders yes, I, yes, I know that's that what we need, yeah. we need some. John Brown asked for his release and I think it's because he saw the writing on the wall, right? Yes. He, he, this is a team that does not throw the ball a ton of the receivers. They use a lot of two tight end sets. But I think the other three starting spots, you know, including Hunter Renfro the slot, are pretty well defined and won already, right? I think the team really likes Brian Edwards, who you mentioned. Ruggs is pretty clearly going to be the Z receiver. And then with Renfro in the slot, there just wasn't going to be enough targets for Brown so he decided to get out. I, I think it's good because I think these young receivers are playing well. Uh, they had a fantastic training camp. Brian, Brian Edwards, a second-year receiver, never even played a snap in the preseason. That typically means uh, that you know, you, the, the team values you quite a He's bit. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. I think Brian Edwards is going to have a really nice season. Yeah, maybe target him in your fantasy drafts. I have a couple going on tonight. This is the week to have your fantasy draft, right? Yes. Uh, Corey Bonini. He's going to give you some fantasy advice, and then Marcus and I will be right back to talk about some of these key matchups with the Ravens. We'll do that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. 
sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Fantasy football is finally back. And so am I, Corey Benini here of TheHuddle.com, returning to give you strong plays each week. Let's jump right into it. Week number one, strong plays. Quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville Jaguars at Houston Texans. The Texans have a new regime in place. They lack talent on the back end, and it's unclear what kind of pass rush they'll have without J.J. Watt. This defense gave up 30 passing touchdowns to quarterbacks last year and picked off only three balls. That is ridiculous. Lawrence makes his debut. He has ample targets, and they're finally returning to health at the right time. The backfield is strong, which will keep the pass defense in check. The offensive line is quality, and Jacksonville will probably look to set the tone and let their rookie quarterback come out slinging. San Francisco running backs at Detroit. Another team with a new coaching staff. That's usually what happens when you give up the fifth most rushing yards and the most receiving yards to the position the previous year. No team gave up offensive touchdowns to running backs at a higher rate relative to the touches than this defense. It may be better, but it will take some time to turn around such a mess. San Francisco has injuries at wide receiver. They also have an excellent duo in Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon in the backfield. Look for the offense to ground and pound all day long. Let's make it three in a row of teams that have poor defenses and new coaching staffs in 2021. The Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith takes on the Atlanta Falcons. The secondary is a soft spot for Atlanta. The coaching staff turnover will improve this defense in time, but it's fair to expect it will take a while. The 2020 version gave up the most yards and third most receptions to wide receivers. Philadelphia's rookie new number one wide receiver Smith has a lot to prove and he is healthy. He's a wide receiver three with plenty of upside in most fantasy formats. If you're really looking to make a gamble in fantasy this week, Kyle Rudolph tight end New York Giants versus the Denver Broncos. A quote from Rudolph says, Whatever's needed of me, I'm ready to go. He started practicing August 25th after off-season foot surgery, and he has steadily improved according to local reports. Tight end Evan Ingram has an injury of his own and he may not be ready. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay is still iffy. Running back Saquon Barkley is expected to play, but he probably will have a limited workload. Rudolph faces a defense that has improved at cornerback and still has a pretty healthy pass rush, suggesting quarterback Daniel Jones could be forced into a lot of short area passing. That's a space Barkley tends to occupy. This one is absolutely risky, so understand what you're getting into. But there's upside here by way of circumstance for the former Viking. 2021 marks 25 years online for the Huddle.com. Be sure to check out the site and we will show you why we've made champions. All right, Marcus, we were just finishing that, that segment there talking about the Raiders wide receivers and difficult task going up against the Ravens on the outside when they got Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, right? You were talking about that last week. So, you know, I'm wondering where you think the Ravens could be vulnerable, how the Raiders are going to move the football. This feels like a run-heavy game. I mean, the Ravens were not terrible, but not great against the run last year. So maybe you could run the football on them a little bit if you can, you know, stop the run on the other side and actually have the football kind of control the ball a little bit, keep them off the field. I think this could be a Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake game. And I feel like the Raiders have a little thing going for them, Marcus, because they haven't real. Nobody really knows how that two-headed monster is going to be deployed, right? We haven't seen it yet. So holding their cards close to the vest, we haven't seen those guys. So, uh, but I feel like it's got to be a big run game. Maybe go over the middle with Renfro and Waller because I just can't imagine there's going to be a lot on the outside against those corners the Ravens have. Yeah, I think the way to beat the Baltimore Ravens is to run the ball right at them, which yeah. is you know just taking a page from their playbook. Um, the Ravens do have some really good guys in their secondary. I think they might have the best overall secondary in football. And they have some really, really good dudes up front in Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams. But the, the spot to attack them is right in the middle of the field. 
I think Patrick Queen really struggled as a rookie last year. They lost LJ Fort due to an injury already, who's going to be out for the year. They're starting another second-year player in Malik Harrison. If the Raiders can run right at them with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake and then mix in some short passes to Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, that's the way to win this. Uh, limit the number of possessions, and then you've got to score touchdowns in the red zone. I think they can do it. I, we've seen them execute this game plan before. Uh, but the Baltimore Ravens team is going to be very, very tough to beat. I dialed up the last time these two teams played. You got to go back to 2018, mm-hmm. and the the stats of that game really, you know, gave me pause and actually got got me a little nervous, Marcus. I mean, Lamar Jackson rushed 11 times for 71 yards at a score. Gus Edwards was rushing in that game 23 times for 118 yards. So we know we're going to see a lot of Gus Edwards. The Ravens rushed for 242 yards in that game against the Raiders and beat the crap out of them. Double-digit win. And uh, it, the Raiders just can't let that happen. This time. If it's They have no shot to win if the Ravens do that and they rush for 242 yards, in my opinion. They've got to figure out a way to contain that running attack and contain Lamar Jackson. I don't think they can do it, but that's like they, they got to do that, right? Like, they cannot get run on like that. <laughs> so that game was not all that long ago, right? Like, it was in November of 2018. Uh, the Raiders have zero players left on their defense from that team. Zero. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's I all new guys. Yeah, it's all new guys. And it's, I mean, it's actually a good thing because that defense was not very good. The best player in that defense was Carl Joseph, who, oh, yeah, couldn't even make the 53-man roster. He's on team. a practice but, squad right now. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, he's, on, he's on a practice squad right now. You had Frosty Rucker was the starter, Arden Key, uh, Daryl Worley, Gary Young. I mean, it was just a bad team. Gary on the Conley. I'm a little bit more optimistic maybe than you are, Ryan, just because John Gruden is really good at the beginning of the season. Like, we saw him beat the Saints in New Orleans last year. We saw them beat the Panthers. Like, John Gruden is good early on in the season. It's when we get to December, you know, where he has problems. I would not be shocked if this game is closer than what people think. I agree. No, I agree 100%. We'll get into more of that a little bit. But, you know, the reason I was bringing that up is because – uh, you know, 2008. Now, I did not know that the entire the, the entire defense has been turned over. Yes, that that was a new. great little nugget. I love that. But from tw- 2018 to 2001, we've had all this turnover. And I don't know if we've done a ton to address the run game, right? the run defense. Like, I don't know if we're like in a better spot than we were in 2018. We'll find out. But for me, and, and I don't know if, how you feel about this, Marcus, but if you can figure out a way to get some pressure with your front seven, right? Put some duress on Lamar Jackson. Don't let him escape and, and run wild. And mm-hmm. kind of control the run. Put them in passing situations. Yes. I think long can, third downs. Yeah, yes. long third downs or, or any passing situation. The Ravens are not elite passing the football, right? Rashad Bateman, their first-round pick this year. He's on the IR. He's not going to be playing. Uh, they got Hollywood Brown. He's still a young receiver. They're hoping Sammy Watkins has a rebirth, right? This is not... Good luck. Yeah, right. They've got Mark Ed- Edwards, a good tight end, one of the better ones in the league, yeah. But this is not an elite passing attack. Lamar Jackson... Completed 64% of his balls last year. It's 2021. That's That kind of sucks. That's not a good number. So not the most accurate passer. Not a ton of weapons. If you could get them in passing situations, you got a shot. And I think the Raiders can hang. I just don't. Like, that's the thing, though. Can you get them in those situations? Can you get a couple sacks or get a couple negative yardage plays to put them in those tough third downs? Make them throw. Make them be more predictable. If they could do that, you got a shot because I don't think the Ravens are. I think the Raiders have a better passing attack than the Ravens. Oh, do. absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you didn't even mention it, but it's the red zone, right? Like the Raiders last year settled for too, way too many field goals. They need to make Baltimore settle for those thirty-four yard field goals. When Baltimore does get into the red zone, which they do, they do at a high rate. You got to make sure you hold them to field goals or third and nines from the you know eight yard line or third and nine from the nine yard line, right? Like 
you need those kind of down and distances. If the Raiders can do that, again, they'll give themselves a chance. So a sneaky fantasy football play, we talked about him early. I think Hunter Renfro in deeper leagues, if you want to throw him in your flex spot, if you don't have a lot of good options, you're kind of, I think Renfro is a sneaky play. I think he could get a couple catches in this game because, again, the middle of the field, right? Uh, and they're going to mm-hmm. be paying attention to Waller. And I don't like the guys on the outside with those corners. So Renfro up the middle, I think maybe you got a little chance there. He, he could catch some balls. Uh, on the Ravens side, though, like from a fantasy perspective, Gus Edwards is going to be a workhorse, right? I mean, Gus mm-hmm. Edwards is yes. going to be a guy. And again, Raiders, we still got to see it first. So I think Gus Edwards could be a prospect for 100-plus yards and a touchdown in this game, for sure, from a fantasy perspective. Yes. I'll just mention this really quickly on Hunter Renfro. In games where the Ra- the, uh, the Raiders were four-point underdogs or worse, uh, he averaged over seven targets per game. So this is a game where the Raiders could be down early, and if they're going to have to throw the ball a bunch, this could be a nice game for, for Renfro, or it's – it's not spectacular, but could we easily see a 7 for 73 in a touchdown? Absolutely. And if you're in a PPR league, you will absolutely take it. I think this is one of the weeks that you want to have Hunter Renfro in your lineup. Here's some sports betting advice from the uh, USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. And then Marcus and I will come back to look at the spread and look at the over-under. We'll do that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. Joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Monday Night Football Week 1 features the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Fans finally in attendance at the Death Star. I think that's enough to push the Raiders toward a cover at plus four and a half points. I don't think they went out right, but I think they stay maybe within a field goal here. Jeff, you agree with me or should people be back in the Ravens? I agree with you. And most importantly, I'm pretty sure the house agrees with you and we should be on the same side as the house because that's who wins. We're seeing some reverse line movement in the betting market with nearly 70% of the money and the public backing the Ravens. But the line has came down from Baltimore laying six and a half on the opener to four and a half. There's still a little bit of value left at the Raiders at four and a half because the Ravens have several skill position players that are going to be sidelined, including first round draft pick wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill in the backfield, and second tight end Nick Boyle is doubtful. So I'm going to take the Raiders at plus four and a half, and they're, well, finally in front of their new home crowd. All right, Marcus, we talked last week about the latest lines on the Tipico sports betting app. Uh, The line has not moved. Uh, Still four and a half. The Raiders getting four and a half points at home. I thought the line would move a little bit. You think it's people being a little bit nervous about Baltimore considering. <laughs> they have to be. Well, I mean, they've had a lot of injuries. I mean, we mentioned LJ Ford, J.K. Dobbins out for the year. Their backup running back, Justice Hill, tore his Achilles during Monday's practice. Like, we mentioned Rashad Bateman. Hollywood Brown is not practiced at all. Like, this is just a team that's really beat up going into this game. And they're not home. It's a night game where the Raiders have played well. I, I think that's what's maybe preventing this line from creeping out to six or six and a half, where I think it should be. That makes plenty of sense. Uh, as we talked about last week, I've been trying to talk myself into betting on the Raiders. I don't know if I want to bet on the four and a half. I don't know if I want to touch the spread. Yes, you do, Ryan. <laughs> you, you want, listen, I think the you Raiders are going to play well. It's just this defense is brand new, right? It's Gus Bradley. It's a whole bunch of new guys. It's K.J. Wright, who has not really practiced with this team. 
it's still Lamar Jackson. Like it's gonna, they're going to have a really hard time keeping the Ravens under 27 points. I, I just don't see a way that's, that they do that. Well, let's jump to the over-under, right? The over-under is set at 51 and a half. Uh, one of the higher lines on the board across, you know, there's a couple mm. couple games at 52, 52 and a half. The Raiders and Ravens on Monday night, 51 and a half over under. And I think my gut reaction would be bet the over, right? And so then I have to stop myself because every time I have an instant gut reaction, I know I got to pause and maybe think about the other side of it because that's probably the right play. Go against what my initial reaction is. That's usually how it is with sports betting. With mm. I think that this game could be so run heavy, though, Marcus, on both sides. Both teams are going to have to try to win running the football that I think the under deserves some discussion This when it's at 51 and a half. I agree. I, I, I know the Raiders have started off really well. They scored 34 points in each of the first two games of the last two seasons. They scored 34 in each of the first two games last year. I just think this is going to be a game where points are hard to come by for the Raiders. It's just there's only so much you can do when your best playmaker is Darren Waller. Can't throw to him on every single play, although I think Derek Carr would like to. I think 20 points is probably the most they get to, and if the Ravens get to 27, 30, you still go under. So I think the under is a good play. Whatever I was going with the, when I was talking about the spread, Marcus, I was saying I don't know if I want to put my money on the spread because if I believe the Raiders can cover this four and a half, I might as well just bet the money line for like one unit, right? The, the money line's at plus 170. Yeah. They're at home. We were talking about the Ravens. There's plenty going on with that team. Not 100% healthy. Uh, and again, n- not an elite passing team. They need they need their game to be going right. Look, they lost to the Patriots last year. The Patriots blew last year. And the Ravens lost to them. The Ravens lost four or five games last year in the middle of the season. And they beat up on a kind of a cupcake schedule down the stretch, Marcus. I don't know if you remember their schedule. Do you remember their I, schedule? I do. They played, yes. they played your Cowboys down the stretch. But the Browns, yes. Jags, Giants, Bengals. And then I thought Baltimore was going to throw a parade when they finally won a playoff game. Like... <laughs> Think back to 2019, right? The the Ravens just dominate the regular season, go out, lose the first round, or their first round. I guess it was a divisional round, right? But they lose yep. in the playoffs, their first game. Yes. So this is a team that's been really good, but is not has not been great, right? They haven't really... I feel like they're a little overrated. I was talking about this last week. I just feel like with the Ravens, there's like a mystique. Uh, and sometimes they don't play up to that mystique. They can be had. They can be gotten. And so, hey, if you're a big, Ra- big-time Raiders fan, you believe this is going to be a close game like I do, I think it's going to be close. Maybe sprinkle a little something on the money line, plus 170. Yeah, spoken like a true Patriots <laughs> fan right there. Uh, but just going to put this out, though. Lamar Jackson is 30-7 and seven as a starter for the, the Baltimore Ravens. They don't lose games against bad teams. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, Raiders fans, but right now, this is probably a bad team until proven otherwise. So I think Baltimore is going to win. I think they win by a touchdown. I think the spread is off by a couple points. Sorry, Ryan. No, no, it's fine. No, believe me. I got, like I like to say, you're much smarter than me, Marcus. I think. No, that's not true. My thing with the Raiders is they haven't done much to address our concerns, right? We've had concerns right. for a couple of years. The same thing keeps happening. We keep playing well till midseason, and then it fades off. And where we're at now, based on where we were last year, it feels like kind of the same team. Right? I don't think we've really moved the needle a ton. So we'll see. Obviously, yeah. the defense looks a little different. New defensive coordinator. So we, we got to see how it looks again. And we know what the Ravens do well. We know what the Raiders have to do. Can they do it? Can they prove they could do it? We'll find out. If they get gashed in this game, Marcus, and get run over and lose by double digits, I'm not going to feel good about this team this year. Uh, I agree. All I know, Ryan, is football is back, and I'm excited to watch this game. It should no, be a ton of fun. No doubt about it. Did you like co- college football on Saturday? How, oh, that was course. sweet, right? That was great. I lost a ton of money. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet Clemson for some reason. I was watching no. college yeah. game day all day. They were talking up the quarterback there. I was uh, all in on Clemson. I got like a plus one 
thirty or something on their minus three spread. The good like, thing oh, is they didn't, even, they didn't even give up a touchdown though. That so was defense was legit. That was painful. That was. Painful. <laughs> do, you, do you see anyone who could beat Alabama? Are, are your are your Sooners oh. going to beat Alabama? I don't I don't see anyone no, who's no, touching no, Alabama. No. Absolutely not. The only team that I think has a chance, and listen, I'm going to be honest, I bet Georgia to win the SEC. I think they're the only team that has a chance. That defense is so fast. Uh, They've got the guys up front to to maybe bully Alabama a little bit. It's just, can Georgia's offense do anything better? It's like Jake Fromm 2.0. Yeah, JT Daniels doesn't expire expire a lot of confidence. But, you know, there's a chance chance that they get the receiver back, George Pickens, by – November, maybe December. We'll see. I think I think Georgia and Alabama are pretty clearly the two best teams in the country right now. Well, they kept showing Trevor Lawrence on the broadcast in that booth. And, you know, I know these guys really root for their alma maters and they pull for him and it's a locker room thing and, and all that thing. But you think Trevor is up there kind of smiling to himself like, hey, you guys miss me a little bit? I feel like that's just like human nature to be like, oh, you guys miss yeah. me, don't you? Maybe, but he's also stuck in Jacksonville with her. That's true. So I don't That's know. true. Can't talk too <laughs> much crap thinking, about that. He, he might be thinking, man, I wish I had a defense this good right now in Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, watching that Georgia defense is like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, so football's back. It's going to be a great week. Get ready. Cowboys, Bucks. I know Marcus will be on the edge of his seat. See if oh, that offensive line can hold up. Uh, so, it's going to be it's gonna be great. It's great to be back talking real football. No more spring this draft that training camp. So it's good to be back, my man. So everyone, enjoy the game. We'll be back next week to break it down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.